The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. The father of the bar and the holy toast. Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson and our guest, Charlie Clawson, number one. Dave uh, Anthony is with uh, us. Uh, number one. Number one. Numero uno. Yeah, thank yeah. you. It's very Spanish. I wish I could say it in a different language, but I'm here in America and I've said it in like uh, American and Spanish, so that'll do. I, yeah, I only know to say number one in Spanish and American. Right. Or as you call it, English. In English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have become very American in my spelling though. Have you? Yeah, that's about the I still tweet all the time about like Australian politics, mm-hmm. but I spell it all the time in American spelling because yeah. that's what my computer wants me to do. Right. And so I'm like, you know what computer? You're so good to me. Why would I argue with you, you on this point? You can't deny your computer. Right. And it's one less letter most of the time. Yeah, exactly. So, too many too many extra letters. Fuck you. I mean literally, fuck you. Plus, the letter U. Fuck you. You <laughs> you're you are necessary. <laughs> I'm harbor with an O R now. Plus, you guys left England like we did. We didn't I mean, leave. I mean, not as We didn't early. really leave. You didn't, but you all... You guys left on purpose, and we I were know, sent away. You got, yeah, you guys were sent away, but, you know, change it up a little bit. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, fuck drop, you. Drop an E here or there. Yeah. Drop a U. Oh, we should just put an O in? No, take them out. Oh, yeah. Well, we do put O's on the end of a lot of things, and Y's. We like to abbreviate things and then add a Y, like brekkie. Like what? Brekkie. What's that? Oh, brekkie. breakfast? Yeah. yeah. Sunday brekkie. I don't agree with that. We go for brekkie on a Sunday. I don't, uh, <laughs> nope. No? It's a little too casual. For brekkie? Yeah. I mean, that's what, breakfast is a casual meal. That's what breakfast should be. It should be brekkie. Bre- no, brekkie feels like it's second breakfast after breakfast. It's like two hours later, you're like, are you still hungry? You want to do, you want to do have a little brekkie? brekkie? Yeah. It's like a, <laughs> it's the meal that you have in between breakfast and second breakfast. Yes. It's brekkie. <laughs> it's just a nibble of like a poppy muffin. I, I do like a breakfast though. Are you a breakfast person? Oh yeah. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. I mean, I can't cause I'm trying to lose weight right now. So right. that's like the main thing I'm It'll cutting kill back your on breakfast. because I would love to just go down and have like a big ass breakfast. Yeah, I um, stayed at the Gordon Ramsay uh, Hotel de London, and they have a Gordon Ramsay restaurant yeah. uh, down the bottom. And uh, part of my room was you got the buffet breakfast. Oh shit! I could not resist the buffet breakfast. No, that's insane. The I Gordon Ramsay buffet never, breakfast. I'd never stop. Oh my god! Yeah. Do you know how many? Like, I would love to have looked at the percentage of plates of tiny delicious butter to actual food. <laughs> <laughs> like, the butter was the most fucking delicious Fuck, thing right? I'd ever tasted in my life. Yeah. It was like Gordon Ramsay had fucking milked his own nipples and put them on the plate. <laughs> like, well, it was. That's less appealing. It was so salty and angry and delicious. Yeah. Just like Gordon himself. Yeah. It was light. Oh, it was light. And I was on a plate. Did it yell at you? In a knob. And <laughs> it hated me, but yeah. it, it made me want to please it. Much like yeah. Gordon Ramsay again. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I was getting anything. Essentially, all my decisions on what I'd have for breakfast was, what could I put butter on? Yeah, that's how it should be. That's and you know exactly what you can put butter on? Be. Even things that don't need butter, like muffins. Have you... Uh, <laughs> you can put butter on a muffin. <laughs> have you... Uh, have you had real sourdough? Have you gone to San Francisco and had real sourdough? What do you mean, real sourdough? So, sourdough is specifically only works really well in certain climates. What? Oh, because it's of a the, yeast or something. Yeah, the humidity in the air. and So, one of the places it really, really works is San Francisco. Right. So, you've never really had sourdough until you've had San Francisco sourdough. Is that right? And San Francisco sourdough toast... I would kill humans to eat. Right. Yeah. Well, that is a town that was notorious for smoking a lot of pot. So yeah. Probably coming up with delicious breads. <laughs> I mean, a lot of lots my, of delicious. A breads. lot of my day, I spend thinking of more delicious breads. Why, and I'm why not even. In, I'm not even in the industry. <laughs> Are you talking about the bread industry? <laughs> 
Uh, I'm, or the sour industry. Well, I mean, he's, uh, there's a thing down the road from where I'm staying here. Uh, I'm staying near the beach at the moment, which yeah. uh, I'm loving. You're very, you, you turned very, uh, very LA. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm loving it. And there's this place down the road that does this kind of, um, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a style of Japanese food. Mm -hmm. And basically it's like a hot rice. Um, that they kind of scoop out of like, you know, like it's steaming bowl. Yeah. So and, farm into it. And then they put it in like, you know, kind of like a sushi wrap, but it's a little bit like um, more it, brittle and like uh, is it, saltier. Is it sticky and hard and salty? Mm, maybe. It's delicious. Is it a little bit crunchy? It's a little crunchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they put like, and they'll put whatever your ingredient you want in it. Like, yeah. so there's a lot of vegetarian things. Um, and then they just kind of, you serve it and you eat it in your hand almost like a taco. It looks like yeah. a little bit like a taco. It is the fucking... It's, it's so delicious that the last two days I've been here, here I've been seeing if I could start a franchise of those. <laughs> like I was like, I should take these to Australia. This is the most delicious place ever. Yeah, I don't... And they, then I will eat the profits. They do a lot of the little like rice cake things here yeah. that are like these... I mean, I could just sit there and eat a pile of them. They're right. insane. They're delicious. Yeah. And you know what I love about them the most? They seem healthy when they're not. Oh, they're so not healthy. <laughs> But you're like, it's just a little thing of rice, right? Right, this is healthy. Yeah. This feels really healthy. You don't know what, you don't want to know what they put in there. I've never seen a fat Japanese person. Never, there's never, never? been one. Well, that's because they, they- Apart from the sumo people. It's because once they get really big, they they uh, they shackle them and put them in dungeons. Right, <laughs> do they really? Yeah, yeah, you don't, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, it's true. I, I don't read my UNICEF email. Well, that's- I'm a member, but they send me the email and then I'm like, oh. Oh, it's like my amnesty email. Every time, it's like, people have died and you did nothing to stop them. I said, I gave you enough money and I gave you this email address. But also, just tell me, I don't need pictures. I don't right. need the pictures from UNICEF and I don't need, I don't need the pictures from the animal, the, the PETA and the animal people because those are horrifying. No, I want to support you and I do support you. Right. That's why you have my email and you can send me these things because I actually give you money. So in return, send me a funny cat gift. <laughs> Send me a cat doing something funny. Thank you for supporting our pet cause. Here's yeah. one of our cats doing something funny. Or what about like a child riding a bike instead of laying in sewage? Right. Yeah. Yeah, here's, here's someone doing something fun. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A funny kid. That's what... Can we... A picture of a funny kid? Can you not send me a picture of a funny kid? What is the kid I'm doing? So is he wearing like a hat with a propeller on top? Like, how do you know he's funny? Yeah, like he's, yeah, he's got one of those Steve Martin uh, bow and arrow things <laughs> his head. And you look at him and you go, oh my God, I'll give you 50 bucks. Yeah, he's a kid. funny kid. Yeah, I mean, is it too much to ask that maybe he dresses up like Yoda so I can get my photo taken with him oh, before please. I can give him a dollar? Shouldn't all children have to dress up like Yoda at least once a year? If you're standing around anyway, maybe paint yourself silver. <laughs> Put a hat in front of you. Now you've got a job. I'm not sending them money for a goat. I'm sending them silver paint and instructions. Yeah. Silver paint and a hat. Snazz it up a little bit. I'm sending them a small business. That's what I'm sending You're them. You're creating work? I'm creating opportunity and yeah. entertainment. And I'll... Shouldn't I'm stimulating the cash economy. Shouldn't everybody be entertaining? Everybody should be able to be in show business. Yeah. That's your ticket out. That's your ticket out of that place, showbiz. I was on stage once in Pennsylvania and there was, uh, shall we say, a little person in the audience. Okay, we can say that because that's the actual, the correct term. Um, there are other harsher terms. Right, but we should go with the correct term. Yeah. A little person. And um, this guy, I was asking him questions and then I asked him what he did and he dressed up like a coffee pot and stood up in front of a coffee establishment. Right. Well, is that the kind of thing we're talking about? Because <laughs> that seems slightly humiliating. <laughs> I mean, did he do it willingly? I mean, I, he got paid. Right. But I don't think when he was younger, he was like, you know what? I want to be a coffee pot when I get older. Right. And he would say get older because I guess he couldn't say when I grow up. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, little people. I mean that with love. I mean that with love. I make that joke out of equal opportunity. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, well, probably not. But if he did the job willingly... It's, it's like the yeah. debate we were having recently about the, you know, the, the uh, Disneyland thing and the rich families hiring the um, disabled yeah. people yeah. to get up the front of the line at Disneyland. But then I read a lot of commentary afterwards from like disabled people saying, look, you know what? The system in this country is so shit and we have so little money and opportunity yeah. that if some rich person wants to give me a thousand dollars and take me to Disneyland, then yeah. fuck you. <laughs> it's a great job. <laughs> 
I love this job. I'm going to Disneyland yeah. all the time. I go to the front of all the fucking rides and I get a thousand grand. Yeah. Not Disney dollars, fucking cash money. Actual like cash that. money. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, well, I mean, no. I think that we should work on yeah, having a system whereby that doesn't need to exist. Right. But in the meantime, until we fix the system, I don't think that you should discriminate someone if they are doing something like, yeah, willingly. Yes. Okay. I agree with that. I agree with that. Now, what if, what if, uh, like in the new Martin Scorsese film, the, with the, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Have oh. you seen the trailer for I was going to say Leonardo DiCaprio just because he's in every Martin Scorsese film. Well, he's, in, he's almost like in the new Gatsby. Like, it's it's just, they just cut to him at rich guy parties, but it's modern day. Oh, uh, the the Wolf of Wall Street yes. or something. Right. And yes. I don't know if, you, if you've if you read anything about how those parties went down. And, but I when saw you the trailer. Watch, so you think it's fake, but that stuff's mostly real. Right. Like, it's like, this is absurd, but it's kind of the stuff that really happened at those parties. Right. So there's a scene in which they're tossing a dwarf. Right. Okay, now what, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I wouldn't toss the dwarf myself. <laughs> and I certainly... Would you cheer the tossing of the dwarf? No, I would not. I would not. I would, I would have a conversation with somebody uh, about how I felt that perhaps tossing a dwarf was maybe overindulgent and... You know, that we should be doing something about, you know, maybe raising the living standards of little people so that dwarves, you know, could find actual gainful employment Instead rather than being tossed, being the tossed to these sort yeah. of parties. And yeah. then I would have tried to bang that person. I'm sorry, you said bang that person? Well, I mean, because that's what those parties were like, right? <laughs> like, I mean, I would have made my point, and then we would have had some fucked up sex, because we're at some weird dwarf tossing party, I imagine. I imagine that's what's happening. Okay. I mean, I can make my point again the next day. Yeah. But you, you don't get to invite it to every sex party, right? You can finish and roll over and go, right. well, good morning. So about the dwarf. I would have liked to have gone to one sex party in my life. Like, not anywhere where anyone knew me. But I if I, like, I mean, obviously not at a real sex party. Because, of course, the real sex parties are just going to be full of gross people that you would never want to have sex right. with, right? I think there's a lot of there's a lot of people fucking that you don't ever want to see fucking. Right. Yeah. But, you know, just say, like, and you'd hear about these things of, like, you know, groups of young, hot people. If you were in some yeah. young, hot crowd, right? Mm-hmm. With, there was a bit of a rumor, like, that John Stamos. Were you oh, yeah, they're this? swingers, yeah. Yeah, that they were swingers, yeah. right? Yeah, him and, and so, Rebecca Stamos. Right, so imagine yeah. you're in that crew, right? And yeah. everyone's just kind of, like, fucking each other. Yeah, and but then I would be parties. the gross guy that no one wants to have sex with. <laughs> <laughs> I know my role in that scenario and it's not good. I'm dude standing in a corner. You're the funny friend. <laughs> yeah. You're like the other guy from Doogie Howser. Me standing <laughs> naked next to a naked Stamos right. is not even a choice. Anybody picks Stamos. Right, but maybe Stamos is away drumming for the Beach Boys. That's right. And you've been invited over. Are you talking about he's in Kokomo? Yeah. (laughs) He's in Keys. He's actually doing the whole Kokomo tour. (laughs) They go to Bermuda, Bahamas. So I'm Stamos's sex party stand-in. Yeah. Is that sad? Is that a union union gig? I think that's great. You get insurance (laughs) and you need it, right? Am I right? Well, I hope I'm wearing condoms and I don't need it that much. I don't think that you would, though. I'm assuming they all do. I don't know. I don't know how sex parties work. I, I, I assume they all use condoms, but who knows? I guess so. I mean, I would I hope mean, so in this day and age. Well, you'd think so, but people don't use condoms again. Yeah, they're, it's back it's out. It's back right? out. Everyone's like, well, yeah. everybody didn't die. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is honestly what it, it people really are is. like. It's kind of... You can mostly live with it now, right? <laughs> as long as Magic Johnson's still yeah. around, I'm not using condoms. Magic Johnson ruined condoms. <laughs> <laughs> Magic Johnson beat AIDS and ruined condoms. For a while, he helped condoms. Right. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. He's, he's been both their greatest friend and their yeah. worst enemy. Yep. Wow. They're, they're, I'm sure they're like, will you get double AIDS? Right. Well, Magic, isn't that's an amazing story, though, Magic Johnson. Do you, do, you know, do you know what used to happen during games? They would point women out during games, and then they had, like, a hot tub down underneath the forum where they would then go party with women 
Like it was like rock star shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'm talking. See, see, Hollywood sex parties. Yeah, that was that would be Hollywood sex parties. Right. Yeah. So maybe you know your friends with like you know one of the guys from. Okay, you used to work okay. at the Staples Center. Yeah, I did. Right. Yeah. So you know. Uh-huh. You, you bump into one of the guys. Maybe it's not like maybe one of the you know top five guys, but it's like a guy who's playing some court time. Okay, like a serious number six or something. Okay. Like you know, yeah. you guys become friendly. He goes, yeah. you know what? We're having a party. You should come to the party, right? Bring your cock. Bring your, <laughs> bring your <laughs> cock. <laughs> you, you ring him up, just like um, what is those BYC down the bottom? <laughs> oh, oh, that's bring your. All oh, right, yeah. Oh, okay. it's that kind of party, right? <laughs> and so you get invited to this party, and like. Yeah. There's girls around, and they're just happy to be around anyone who's around, you know, yeah. the Lakers, right? Yeah. You know, so if you're with the Lakers, then, you know, I get to, I get you may fight. as well be, you know, in the well, Lakers. I would like to go to at least one of those sex parties in my life. Well, uh, Marky Mark, who I will still continue to call Marky Mark. Yep. Yeah. Was this pre or post Funky Bunch? I, I, it might have been. It was post Funky Bunch, right. for sure. Well, you, you know his story that he was a very bad person, right? Well, what do you mean he was a very bad person? I mean, I've seen that documentary they made about him, Entourage. But, <laughs> so I assume most of that's accurate. For instance, two, I believe they were Vietnamese immigrants were walking home from their shitty job in Boston and uh-huh. he beat them up um, to take their money and one of them is now permanently blind. He was that sort of guy. Right. So he's... Wow. Yeah. So this was was this during the war? <laughs> no, it was very much post-war. Right. Yeah. Wow. So he he was he was from the streets yeah. of Boston and he was not a good kid. No. That's not great. Uh so he um so I I think that part of him is still there because there was rumors that he'd go out with his, his entourage right? and then girls would come over to him and he'd be like, well, let me see you blow my friend to see how much you care about me. Right. And they would blow his friends. Yeah. Which is I mean, so gen- uh, gentlemanly. I mean, chivalry's not dead. Well, he likes to share. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it's just the modern day version of AU. Answer me these riddles three. Like, I mean, sometimes people have to pass a series of tests. To, it's very traditional plot structure, actually. Very yeah. it's old school. Well, the rumor was it's traditional. That, the rumor was that then the girls would come to him and be like, "No, you just blew my friend." Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. see. That was the test. That was the test. That was the test. You should have said no. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine it was much like that scene in The Princess Bride. Where they, I don't remember. They have, I don't remember blowing people blowing <laughs> each other in the Princess Bride. The Battle of Did Wits. Did you watch a different one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so hey, I don't have cancer. What? Yeah. Oh, that was a transition. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah, that's good news. Um, uh, I had a few weeks where I didn't think that I had cancer. Right, you didn't. You the whole time you didn't think you did. No, I didn't. The whole you, time you're not. You're not someone who would obsess and freak out about it. Like you don't let it not get at all. to you. I am the opposite. I would. I would freak out about it. Well, the thing that I found really remarkable was because I've never really had anything this big before. Right. And so basically, to fill people in on the story, some people who've seen my show this year will already know that I, um, in January, on my birthday, in fact, uh, I woke up and there was a giant lump on the side of my neck. How did you bring this up in your show? At the beginning, at the end, at the middle? It was kind of about a third of the way in. And and. Did you do much material about it? I did a little bit, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I did a little bit. I talked about uh, the, basically the fact that it was like, you know, my birthday and I had a big lump on the side of my mm-hmm. neck. And um, I, and then I told the story about kind of putting off going to the doctor and then I told the story about going to the doctor back in Australia and, yeah. what, and what he said he thought it was. And But then the weird thing was at the end of the show, I would always get people asking me, yeah, but what is it? <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> So I, I then had to put in this bit in the show where I had to tell people, like, like you know, oh, why well, I still have to get some more tests done. Right. So I ended up getting an ultrasound and they saw some things in there that they thought, like, they said it's probably still not cancer, mm-hmm. but the possibility about the way it looks is it might be lymphoma. So you just have to, like, you know, get it checked out to see if it's right. lymphoma. So I had 
between being told that, because then I went to London and then I came back to the States, it took me three weeks to get a doctor. Did to... you at any time during this see the movie How to Get Ahead in Advertising? No, why? Because oh, it's about a guy who starts a little lump on the side of his head and then it grows into another head. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty great movie, I recall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, that would have been a pretty fucking cool bit for me to launch at Montreal. This <laughs> I come out with two heads. Yeah. I'm a double oh, act yeah. now, guys. I am yeah. a double act. Like, yeah. I'm Jeff Dunham, but in the same Look head, at this guy over here. Person. Yeah. Are you cancer? I'm not cancer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I had three weeks where, you know, uh, and, and anyway, I went to the doctor this week and mm -hmm. he's almost positive that it's not cancer. So... They're still running a couple of the tests just to yeah. make sure they know what it is. But, you know, based on, it was, you know, it's so great when you see an expert. Ex so I went to this guy who was like a, a you know, a proper expert, had been recommended by a, a few great people. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those moments where he just sat me down, ran a few tests really quite silently, um, did a bunch of, um, like asked me a bunch of questions. Yeah. And then just at the end of that just went, well, congratulations, you don't have cancer. What? What kind of questions though? Were they questions like, uh, have you heard Marky Mark's first album? Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that he beat up some Asians? <laughs> One of them still can't say. Uh, no, so he, he just asked me a series of questions about whether it got bigger, whether it got smaller, like, you know, um, you know, how it had come up, all those sort of things. And so a lot of the questions that I answered, the fact that it had come up as a big ball overnight normally means that it's your lymph nodes trying to fight off some infection in your body because yeah. cancer doesn't just come up overnight. Right. You rarely hear people just going, ah, some cancer popped up overnight. Oh shit, I woke up with cancer. <laughs> right. Right. It doesn't really happen like that. Yeah. Also, cancer tends to, tumors like to get bigger, not smaller. Right. So the fact that it's got smaller over the a months is a good sign. Yeah. And where it was on my neck is a place that even if it's a, you know, whatever it is, it's not, it's like benign if it's behind the neck and if it's in front where it's like, so. Right. It's, but it's true that people never go, uh, Oh, my shrinking cancer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've got the shrinking cancer. Yeah. My cancer's shrinking for no reason. <laughs> or imagine if I did have cancer, but something I'm doing accidentally in my lifestyle has cured cancer. Podcasting. Ima imagine the studies they would have to do on my life. Can you imagine if that was actually what happened? I had cancer, but because of something I'm doing that I, or some combination of the things that I do, I, I am curing cancer. Little rice tacos? They would, it might be. No, they, no, they're a very recent mm. addition. Traveling? Traveling, yeah. Sh your show? Right, yeah, mate, yeah. <laughs> Imagine if I, there was something. I it, think the only thing you're doing consistently is podcasting. Right, yeah, the podcast. Podcast Cures Cancer. Welcome to FOFOP, the podcast that cures cancer. <laughs> and it's just this podcast. Right, and unfortunately you have to do it, not listen to it. <laughs> then you have so many people... This is actually worse than when you and Charlie talked about, I think it was when your semen cured cancer. Yes. I think that having to podcast with people might be worse than having to fuck them. Really? I don't think so. Oh, you mean if they, if I was curious, if they had to be a guest on the podcast yeah. out there. I mean, I think the stories would get samey. Yeah, it'd be pretty. Like, you know. It wouldn't be great. No. So I would say. Keep I it to myself? Say, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say so. Even if it's true, keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. It's too problematic. You're giving, uh, oh, you're giving me the new Superman's dad. That's what you're giving me. <laughs> I have this power that I can share with the world, and you're fucking Kevin Costnering me. I am. You're like, don't show the world your gift. They're not ready Stay for you. Stay under the overpass. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then you'll have cancer, and you won't let me cure you. Right. Just so the... Fuck, man. It's fucked up, right? Mm. You know what? Talking to people for an hour is not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my point. Uh, oh, you man. have a line of people you out the door who you would have to talk to for an hour. Right. And this is from a man who's married to a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> She's out of her fucking mind. I don't know how she does that. She comes all worn out. Oh, God, I can't talk. I heard so many people's problems. I just want to go watch a dumb TV show. Why would you do that? 
I love the fact that basically you're someone who talks for a living and she's someone who listens for a living. <laughs> <laughs> and between the two of you, you probably don't want to do either when you get home. <laughs> and so that's why it's the perfect relationship. Yeah, it really is. You're a man who doesn't want to talk and she's a woman who doesn't want to listen. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be married 50 years and know nothing about each other. <laughs> yeah. Took you two years to find out what the kid was called. What's uh, that thing over there? <laughs> uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, uh, no, I'm not a person who, uh, I didn't worry about it because people, when I would tell people about it, because, mm-hmm. you know, just that I had to get this done and they'd said it was like, some people would get a bit freaked out about it. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 quite honestly, just never felt particularly worried about well, it. Well, I get freaked out about stuff like that, but there's no if you really think about it, there's no point to being freaked out. Well, that doesn't do anything until you know, you don't know anything. So there's no reason to, you know, then you can deal with it once it happens. But up until then, you're just worrying about something that you don't know. Yeah. That was absolutely my opinion as well. There was only two times that it, um, I used it. And even in those two times, I used it. Yeah. I used it. Like, isn't to like hail a cab? Like, yeah. (laughs) Excuse me. Excuse me, it's a long line. I might have cancer. <laughs> what? Look. Look. Oh, that's like how to get ahead in advertising. <laughs> it's not cancer. It's good. An eyeball is going to come out of there. And then the head. I um, uh, used it to justify two things. I had a big night out one night on a Wednesday night, mm-hmm. even though I still had shows Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Right. Um, and I justify that on I was like ah oh, fuck you might have cancer might have a night out with your friends <laughs> that's amazing yeah so even then in that moment I didn't think I had cancer but I used it to shouldn't do something you, I wanted to do anyway but shouldn't you live your life that way all the time you should but You're, here's the other thing you balance it with the things that let you live your life in that cool way so for example in that moment I would balance the idea of I want to hang out with these people and have a night out with the fact mm-hmm. that the reason I'm in London is that I'm doing these shows and if I want to come back next year and do these shows which would make my life happier in the long run mm-hmm. then I need to do good shows and I right. don't need to be a person like you know because you need to be tired and right over and yeah yeah so you kind of have to balance those things right and but I obviously in my mind had already made the decision that you know I had three shows left I'd already done a week and a half I was fine I had nothing to do during yeah. the day It'd be fine. I get through, you know. I also don't. But I blamed have... it on the. I might have cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I still there was a little bit of guilt about me that had to. And the other time was even more simple than that, which was uh, that I got a bit of red velvet cake from this pop up shop down by the Thames, uh-huh. and it was like a three layers of like Ooh. the soggiest, most delicious yeah. looking cake you have ever seen in your life, you yeah. know. Served in this little thing that you're hot, you know, just, and I sat there and it was, oh my God, like it was, I just, was that, was that the time you ate, you ate it just with your hands while gently crying, I might have cancer. <laughs> <laughs> the salty tears of a person who thinks they might have cancer is the ultimate dressing for a red velvet cake. I honestly think that if you get a bit of red velvet cake, and you really like red velvet cake, just take it down to a home. Yeah. Find someone who might be dying of cancer, get them to cry on it. And then you know what it tastes like. Yeah, then you really know what it tastes like. That's why it's called red velvet cake. A lot of people don't know that because, yeah, a lot of the old people um, who Mm. cried on the original cakes had red velvet cushions (laughs) that they would would pat. It seems like a really tenuous connection. Well, Sure. <laughs> but, you know, that's just that, where names come from. Sometimes they yeah, do. Yeah. You know? Hey, so I saw the um, Apple, uh, the Steve Jobs trailer. Did you see the... I haven't seen it, but I've heard that people, a couple of people make comments <laughs> about it. Is it crazy? Well, the funny, just the funny <clears throat> thing about it, and this is what everyone's complaining about, but as... Okay, well, it's a two-minute trailer, mm-hmm. and it really is... It feels like it's the whole movie. It feels like here's the movie in like you yeah, you, you see that. him as a little kid and then they just keep basically show snapshots right through his life and then the last scene's him really old with a beard obviously about Dying to die cancer. and you're like that's like <laughs> if I played that backwards it'd be like a two minute Benjamin Button you know like 
Well, I used to tweet all the time. Uh, I, I, you know, I just saw this trailer and I can't wait to see it, this movie again because right. they show you the whole movie now. Yeah, but the the other but, side the of other that is, is you already know what right. happened to Steve. It's not yeah. like you're like, what happened to Steve Jobs? Yeah, his life is a spoiler. Yeah, you know that's right. Absolutely. And fuck him for having his life as a spoiler. Right. <laughs> I mean, if he was alive, I would be like, dude, spoiler. Spoiler. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler, man. Don't don't ruin it. Come on. How is uh, Ashton? Uh, does he seem like he can, pulls it off? Because he seems very not capable of that sort of thing to me. I mean, I don't I don't know why. Um, I I think that he will be okay because mm-hmm. based on evidence, mm-hmm. there really isn't much. No, that, there isn't. to say that he would be. Well, I mean, but he looks okay really in the just done that '70s show, and right. then every movie he's tried to do. Everybody in he's the just world been, has said, no, thank you. Yeah. And he's always mostly just been Ashton Kutcher in those as well, yes. hasn't he? He's yeah. never really... Well, the butterfly effect, is that what it was? Was it the Mothman prophecies or the butterfly effect? <laughs> Racist. <laughs> <laughs> I love how I get, I get two movies that are about completely different things confused <laughs> because one has moth in it and the other has butterfly. Right. <laughs> it couldn't be more different. No, the, the Mothman Prophecies has Richard Gere. Right. Have you seen that movie? No. It's interesting. Do you know what it's about? I assume it's about some sort of half man, half moth. Well, when, uh, who when, has a prophecy. when people before big accidents, like say a bridge collapses or something like that there there has been sightings of this like mothman thing that comes right before and it could happen anywhere in the world what so do you that's mean the idea what do you mean a mothman like a literally a mothman and we think it looks like a big mothman and i think he has a top hat and he takes it off <laughs> <laughs> and he bows and then the bridge collapses now i might be making that last part up but that's i'm pretty sure that's what happens so hang on it, it, is this the thing that people think really happens, or is this just the thing in the movie? People really, I think this is a real thing that the they movie think is that based there's a mothman who comes before bridges collapse, or not just bridges, but like say there was a giant fire or something, or just big uh, disasters or accidents. Well, who is this mothman? I think his name's Larry. And he used to, be- <laughs> <laughs> he used to be a plumber. I think. No, but it, like it's a mythical creature of some yes, kind. Yes, it's a mythical creature. So, so it's not a real thing then. No, oh, good God, no. <laughs> I remember I watched the movie and then I went and looked it up and right. I was like, oh wait, this is an actual thing that people believe. Right. So what happens in the movie then? Spoilers, but like, because I mean, I'm fairly certain there's a bridge collapse. Does he kill the Mothman? No, no. I don't think there is a, a, a resolution with the Mothman. Right. I think it it should be called Desperately Seeking the Mothman, <laughs> and then they don't find him. They could call it Waiting for Mothman. Oh my god. Maybe like a modern day Mothman. Waiting for Guffman. And. uh... Yeah, I think there's something about the Mothman moving fast or... Obviously, I'm not giving a very good... Because right. I saw it like 15 years ago or something, yeah. so I barely remember. Oh, so it's that old. Yeah, it's an older movie. Right, maybe they've got the Mothman by now. You think they might have worked it out? Well, I mean, if they saw the movie, if you're in... Like, I mean, I'm glad that they're pr- protecting us from terrorism and killing Osama bin Laden and stuff, but let's be honest, if there is indeed a mothman who's like you know collapsing bridges and causing buildings to collapse and starting fires and shit i think that the government should be spending at least as much time investigating the mothman as they are investigating the terrorists yeah but it's hard to like then you have to go and have like congressional hearings about the mothman and people right. are like we shouldn't be spending moth money on mothman when we can spend money on schools <laughs> like that's and I would say no. Spend the spend the money on the Mothman. Well, I mean, if there's a chance there is a Mothman, that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm happy if they've cleared up that there is no Mothman. But put out a press release and let us know. Well, oh, by are. the way, in case you're wondering about the Mothman, we investigated that after we saw the movie, and there is no Mothman. Now we're investigating real stuff. What? No, but you can never actually definitively say whether or not there's a. Mo- He's like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that is true. Because as far as I know, Jesus never collapsed the bridge for a start. But secondly, no, the Mothman is something that we should capture and destroy or whatever, or at least 
capture and study or at least stop from destroying our bridges make some sort of agreement with the mothman like come to some sort of like you know some some detente some armistice you know some there's a picture of the mothman oh my god well if they've got a picture then they can fucking find the fucker it's a this is a bronze statue who has made a statue of the The mothman is a legendary creature first reportedly seen in point pleasant area of west virginia from november 15th, 1996 to December 15th, 1967. Oh, a lot of people were doing a lot of drugs around that time. Uh, the Point Pleasant Register had an article titled Couple C Man Sized Bird Creature Something. Okay. So they weren't good with headlines. <laughs> <laughs> it was very small, small publication. Giant man with wings, or I don't know, maybe. Giant man wing bird! Uh, the Mothman was introduced to a wider audience in 1970 and later popularized, popularized in the 1975 book The Mothman Prophecies, oh. claiming that the Mothman was related to a wide array of supernatural events in the area and the collapse of the Silver Bridge. Wow. Okay, so I was, I was wrong. It's more a localized Mothman. Right. Well, that's what they haven't gone after. <laughs> he stays in his area. <laughs> I'm a Mothman, but I don't like to travel. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he's been seen, he was seen in a cemetery when five men were digging a grave. Oh, yeah? And he flew low over the trees. Why would he do that, though? Well, if you're a Mothman, you're like, hey, I'm going to get down there. No, but Maybe I, there was a light. I, but aren't you, if you're a Mothman, aren't you keeping a low profile? Isn't that the point of being a Mothman? Well, what if, yeah, but if you're a Mothman, at some point, aren't you like, I, you know I don't want to live in the shit. I'm coming I'm out. Man. I'm coming out. Yeah. What are they going to do? And then, I'm a motherfucking Mothman. And then you might be, after a while, you'd be like, holy shit, every time I come out, bad shit happens. Right, yeah. So maybe. Well, I'm maybe the Mothman doesn't like bad shit happening. Maybe he does. Maybe he's like a Mr. Bean-esque character where, you know, these things happen by accident. He's just trying to get through his day. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine if the Mothman didn't want the bridge to collapse. Mothman was trying to do something good. Maybe they haven't actually... You know what they haven't done what? in the time that the Mothman's been there? Yeah. Have they catalogued all the good things that have happened in that area? Well, there, I, was, there was a sudden surplus of birthday cakes. Right. I contend, Dave. Mm-hmm. Go. I contend this. Yes. That in that same period of time, if you studied it in that same area, there yeah. would be an equal amount of unexplained good things that happened Such as, as unexplained bad things. I don't know, maybe they had a great maybe they had a great great crop that year. You know? Maybe John Stamos was coming through town with the Beach Boys. Nobody talks about the seeing the Mothman before the harvest. Right. And what a harvest it was. They planted wheat, out came watermelons. (laughs) Nobody talks about the time they saw the Mothman. At the junior high school before the big game and our ragtag bunch of, you yeah. know. ragtag. Right, ragtag. Yeah. Gritty. Gritty, ragtag, <laughs> Here's something. Okay. Steve and Mary Millette told police they saw a large white creature whose eyes glowed red when the car headlights picked it up. They saw someone on the So that's evil. <laughs> <laughs> Was the headline of that article, Idiot's Mistake Meth Addict? No, but they saw a flying man with 10-foot wings. Right. This is all so real. Right. It wasn't a guy in a costume. No. Who was probably trying to see if he could fly. Right. It wasn't that. It wasn't that, definitely. It was clearly... Yeah, a mothman. A mothman. Or Mount Mothman, maybe. Well, so he was a fucking mothman who, uh, who flew about right. for a while, and now he's gone. Do you want to hear the explanations? I would love to hear the explanations. Um, uh... Many people believe the Mothman was an alien. <laughs> Sorry, did you say to me, do, do you want to hear what some idiots think? Because I thought you were going to give me an explanation. Or some people uh, say that he was an unknown cryptid. Do you know what a cryptid is? <laughs> no. I don't either. Right, well... Well, Jesus, this is just getting deeper and deeper into nonsense. Right. Oh, here we go. A cryptid uh, uh, from the Greek cryptum, uh, meaning hide, is a creature or plant whose existence has been suggested but is not yet recognized by scientific consensus. Oh. The Yeti, the Loch Ness Monster, Sasquatch. Right. Yoda. <laughs> 
<laughs> How great would it be if we realized the Yeti wasn't real, if right. Sasquatch wasn't real, but Yoda was? <laughs> How great! That would be great. <laughs> that would be great. Okay. I am. Um, I that would be a good idea for a. I, I know they made one of those movies anyway, didn't they? With like the Easter Bunny and the Santa Claus and all those sort of people. But yeah, it would be good to have some sort of movie where the, like the fictional creatures were all sort of involved. Like if you could get a Yeti oh, and a Sasquatch and a, like a Loch Ness monster and a blah 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 yeah. and some sort of. All right, get out that eggheads. Just um, uh, come well, up with. It. I think that we, they would come up with it was they would, they would come up with a guy who was like the creature finder, and then. <laughs> And then he would go around. Nicholas Cage is. Yes, the, the creature, creature finder. finder. Uh, hey, uh, so what's going on here? Well, we've got a a lock, and uh, every once in a while, this thing comes up with a neck. All right, I'm gonna go in there. What do you mean you're gonna go in there? I'm going in, and then, and then he just jumps in, and he comes out dragging the Loch Ness monster, and then he goes, "Here it is," and they go, "You fucking killed it." And he goes, well, you wanted proof? Well, you didn't have to fucking kill it! <laughs> and then he repeats that with each of the other. <laughs> Comes out of the Washington mountains dragging Sasquatch. Right. What did you do? That was the only one. Yeah, but you said you wanted proof. <laughs> and then if you stay till after the credits in the final one, you see him dragging Santa Claus. <laughs> After having a bloody a bloody fist fight with the Easter Bunny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd right? Be, yeah. These are all good movie ideas. Yeah. Have you ever seen Trolls? Uh, as in, in real life? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's exactly what I meant. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. The movie. There's a movie called Trolls. Troll is it Troll or Trolls? Uh, it's uh, it's from one of the the the. Is it an animation? No, no, no. It's it's well. I mean, the trolls are obviously CGI. It's either from Finland or Norway or Sweden. It's from uh, one of no, three. No, no, I don't watch foreign films. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't see any American movies? Well, I live um, half of my year. <laughs> They're not foreign films. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I'm partly American. Mm. Well, I mean in that I like live in, half of my year here and have done for three years. In spirit? No, I just mean that like, you know, I get used to local things while I'm here and, you know, live in, you know, mm. it's not like I just bring in like a, a suitcase full of Vegemite and Tim Tams and, Why you not? know. And Why don't you do that? I used to do that. <laughs> And just ran down the street throwing them? No, there was times where I used to pay people, well not, but you know, I'd say thank you to people with like uh, Tim Tam packets really? of Tim Tams. I would bring over a suitcase full of oh Tim Tams. Oh that's fantastic. And then like when people did me favors or oh, people came to the show or whatever, I would like give people Tim Tams. Yeah, you did give me Tim Tams. Yeah. yeah. The white ones. Yeah, they're, they're good. Oh, fuck yeah, they're good. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Troll. Troll. Okay. Is one of the best movies I've seen in the past five. Is years. it a children's movie or is it an no. adult movie? It's an adult. Are, the, movie. are there killer trolls? Are the trolls the enemy? Or is it called Troll Hunter? Jesus. I mean, I'm old. I don't remember things. Okay, but I barely it's... know where I am. Right. But um, it is no. It's it's it's. Uh, how would I describe it? It's well, not. Just it's describe it. It's not like a, a a. It's a dark comedy, I guess. Right. Um, but it's about the. Fa- I guess that their their lore is that is really seeped in trolls, right? Whatever, whichever country. That's right. They're very troll heavy. They're very super yeah. troll heavy. Yeah. Like they grow up, like you know, yeah. eat your dinner. or The trolls are gonna come. Yeah, like exactly. That kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's called Troll Hunter, and um, and so it's. So about is a- there someone who's hunting trolls in it? Well, they they stumble across this couple. I think or a guy. They stumble across. They're making a documentary, but they stumble across a, like a troll, and then they find a guy whose job it is just to hunt trolls. And is it is it kind of set in the real world, or is it set in like no, some sort of it's very much set in the real world, right? And but there's trolls. It's fantastic, right? Do the trolls represent something? 
Um, Mike, do you feel like there's a political message underneath? Love. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking maybe it was a commentary on, you know, internet trolling. Like it's a, you know, it's a, you know, it's a trolling on two levels sort of thing, you know? No, no. It's a commentary. No. I think it's just a giant monster kind of movie. Right. But it's good. The troll It's fantastic. All right. I can't say enough about it. I really loved it. Right. Okay. All right, so we've established that. Right. <laughs> Those are the ground rules. Um, I, I t- can, can I tell you about a terrible movie I saw? Yeah. It was terrible. Uh, it's called uh, The Internship. Oh, jeez. I would have told you not to go to that. Well, you know what? I kind of knew not to go to it. I, I went in fully realizing that it was probably going to be terrible. So I don't... They have made that movie 500 times now. Those right. two guys. But the other, the reason that I went is that it's basically the biggest product placement movie of all time. Yeah, it's like so, a Google ad. Right. So yeah. I wanted to go and have a look to see yeah. just on that basis. And it really is a Google ad. Yeah. Like it's an ad for Google. Yeah. It's essentially an entire movie where the plot line is based around how good it is to work at Google. <laughs> Here's this thing that you... You have to pro- solve this problem. Oh, it's a problem that, that showcases another aspect of Google's business. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, the premise of the movie is... That's amazing. They're all in- interns at Google. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the two of them are like, you know, they're yeah, wedding crashes. They're right. Google crashes. Um, are they really crashing? No. They, oh. Well, basically, though, but the, the, basically the idea is that their salesman, you know, their sales company's gone under. They can't get any other job, and they apply online at Google. Right. Hilarious scene. <laughs> Hilarious scene online where they're in a public library yeah. on the computer, oh and they're God. scrunching their heads together because yeah. they think they can't fit in the camp. Oh, my God. That's the, so great. Right. How? Also, the moment they would have stopped the interview if they were actually applying for Google. I mean, when you said that they actually filmed a scene of two guys applying for a job on a computer, I'm in. Right, you're in. I mean, I'm sold. Exactly. Yeah. So then when they get to Google, you know, they're all split off into teams uh-huh. and they're the losers, Uh-oh. right? You know, they're yeah, the losers. So sure. they're stuck with the other losers. Oh boy. <clears throat> so now it's essentially just revenge on the nerds, right? So they're, they're the oddball. oddball right. Out, so, so they're nerds at Google? Yeah. So they're... <laughs> They're on the outside, or how does that work? <laughs> it's true. It's from the, from the cause essentially, this movie should be called "Revenge of the Nerds Against the Nerds." <laughs> In fact, well, if anything, they learn not to be nerds from from Vinnie Vaughan and from uh, Owen Wilson. Yeah, because that basically that's kind of the thing. Is like, yeah, these they teach these nerds how to be. You know, real people as well. Because oh. they go to a strip club and stuff. Oh, sure. And that's the powerful moment. Yeah. That's the oh, captain by captain moment. Oh, that's true. They terrific. go to a strip club and they learn how to get fucked up. Well, right? I mean, there's nothing like seeing a, just a couple of titties to make you go, I, uh, now I see what the world is all Essentially, about. now that I think about it, the whole message of this movie is the opposite of Revenge of the Nerds. It sounds like it. It's like the jocks revenge back on the nerds. So... You know, you say that. <laughs> but I, I was... Well, me and Brian Posehn were writing together... We got called into a meeting for the people that had the rights to Revenge of the Nerds. Right. And they want us to pitch a new Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. A gritty reboot. A gritty reboot. Which is hard to do a gritty reboot when the movie ends with a rape. Right. Do you remember well, that? Well, no, I feel like that's, uh, you just make that gritty. <laughs> you do that same scene, but you actually leave people with the horror they should have felt the first time around. That's your gritty reboot right there. Doesn't even really matter what the tone of the rest of the film is until that moment, as long as you just do that rape scene as the horrible rape it should have been. Just I, having I, all comedy up until that point, right. and then it just gets horrifying. Shoot it like real. shoot it like the accused. <laughs> Show people the true horror of something that people laughed at the first time. Oh my time god, around. that would be amazing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And then just take it to the, imagine making that movie and then taking it to audience testing. <laughs> What's happening? People just throwing, using their pen to stab their eyes. It's so real. Yeah. Um, anyway, they asked us to, we started pitching the movie. They go, oh no, we want it to be where the, the jocks are the ones who are persecuted. Yeah. And then, and I was like, what? At last. How is that? At last, finally, 
finally good looking, strong and successful people win. Yes. <laughs> finally. How about that happens once? How about that? Yeah. In this world where well, you know what it is. It is a reaction to the fact that the you know, the biggest earners and the most mm. powerful people in the world, you know, are like, you yeah. know, it, nerds. It was ex frat guys who now were executives right. at a studio who weren't moving up because the nerds were running everything. Right. Pixar and all the big nerds had come in. Yeah. And people are reacting to that. And I think that in society, you feel the push between those two uh-huh. things. And I mean, I do, there is actually, a, there is a niceness about even the fact that, like, I do kind of like, because there is some things about Google that I do like, you know, their philosophy yeah. to their work environment and all that sort of stuff. It does make Google look like, yeah. I mean, but you also do watch this movie going, Fuck Disneyland. I just want to go to Google for a day. <laughs> got a fucking slide in the middle of it. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Got, it sounded like you said slide. They've got a slide. One of those twirly-whirly slides to get from floor to floor. You can just get in the slide. Seriously? Yeah. What if someone's walking up the slide? Well, I mean, it's a, like it's in a tunnel. It's like one of those water slide ones, like, you know, down to the... Yeah, but what if someone decides I'm going to walk up... Well, you don't do that at Google, man. <laughs> Yeah, but what? That's exactly what Google needs. You too. Is, is, uh, is people walking. Guys, you break the rules. Well, you know what? That's the plot of this movie. So Owen Wilson and Vinnie Vaughan are your blokes who break the rules and teach them oh. new lessons. Ooh. You see? Yeah. How so very exciting? And I don't want to uh, spoil this for anyone, but their characters come up. They come out on top in the end. Oh. Everybody learns lessons. Who would have thought that? Everybody. Amazing. It's amazing. That's um. That's sad that that movie was made. But it, well, you know what? There was actually there's. There's six or seven really funny bits in it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's enough sort of things where you go, <clears throat> like paying for your... If you went and saw it on a Friday night with your friends, you'd laugh enough times that you wouldn't feel completely ripped off by this movie. Right. It was just one of those things where you're like, you know what, with a little bit more effort, you could have still probably made this movie and a little bit more pushing towards... Maybe, maybe a little more subtle too. Right. Well, you know, the other thing is, it's not even that bad an environment for a movie. Just mm. don't make all the fucking challenges like... It was literally that thing where each of the challenges that they had to do showcased a different aspect of oh Google's business. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, that's so amazing. Like, one of the challenges is finding a new business that Google doesn't advertise to and show them the advantages of advertising with Google. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know, that traditional challenge that we all want to see on the big as screen. A, as a writer, I just feel so sick <laughs> writing that. Maybe I should just give up and leave well, Hollywood. It's like one of those things where you could, I mean, you could just see the brief on the screen. You know, that's yeah. all it was. And, yeah. and that was fine. And it genuinely was. But the characters, they there was no, they all went on journeys and none of them made sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's because you're trying to shoehorn it but into Google like. Drive. That's really what they were trying to do. Yeah. And, 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 you know, none of the romance made sense. None of the storyline made sense. Oh but it all was kind of, you know, fun and good to look at and, you know, whatever. Did they have the Google cars that, that you don't have to Yeah, do? Google cars, everything. Oh, like, yeah. you know, everything about Google was showcased. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a great movie. Right. Yeah. And in the end, this is the other thing they got to do, of course, because this is why it's such a great deal for Google. Because in a story like this, essentially at the end... You know, they're firing the, you know, the people who did it the wrong way. And they're, you know, rewarding the people who are like, so they show at the end, it's like, look how good we are at Google. We're (laughs) This is how we judge how people are here. (laughs) I mean, it's good for Google. Yeah. And so I came home afterwards and I, I did do that thing though. I'm just like, I was like, I went home, I'm going to see what like Google's doing at the moment to support this movie. Mm -hmm. Because I was really interested to see, you know, what was tied in and what wasn't. Yeah. And then I started like on Google Chrome and I was like, you know, flicking around like, and I'm now I'm using fucking Google Chrome yeah. every day since I've seen that movie. Hilarious. Cause I explored it a bit. And I was like, Hey, this does yeah, actually, it's not bad. It's actually a bunch of good things. I've been <laughs> using Google Chrome for years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a really good tab system and there's a and couple the, other. And the things. NSA is watching. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad for them to watch. <laughs> hey guys. Just trying to get the message out there. I don't care who, Who's no. hearing it, you know? You know, you're good with that? Right? Yeah. Fine. All right. I think that, I mean, that's why I think we've all been so accepting of it, though. I don't think that they should um, charge this, uh, uh, the the dude with, um, I wish I could remember his name, with espionage. Snowden? So, yeah. I, no, I, don't, I don't believe that. I mean, I know that you have to have security on, on some things, mm-hmm. but I think the idea that everybody is 
you know, emails and phones and stuff were being monitored. It is something that, as a citizen, we have the right to know. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that, you know, too many people are necessarily going to have major, major problems with it. Well, Some people definitely do. I think but, but what I'm saying is, a lot of, I think a lot of people have a problem with the fact that it was a secret. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the, like, you know, a lot of people are already like, well, I assume they were doing it or blah, blah, blah. But assuming people are doing it is very different to actually, you know, saying that, yeah. This was happening. Yeah. And these are our rules, you know, because a lot of people might accept things with rules. But if you just are getting in there without asking us and saying, you know, if you, if if they went out there just to play devil's advocate, because I'm a person who doesn't, I don't mean, I'd prefer no one's snooping around. Oh, you don't want people going through your stuff? I don't. Surprisingly (laughs) enough. Who fucking thought, right? And, you know, the idea that, you know, they can go through your emails. I mean, in a confidential and commercial sense, the things uh-huh. could be used against people. Yeah. You know, in that sense are incredible. Uh-huh. There was a journalist in Melbourne last year who uh, the police, uh, they had like an independent crime kit and they were monitoring his phone calls and emails. And he sure. was the guy who was mostly going after a thing they'd done corruption-wise. Right. And so the, the potential there for them to find something in his private emails mm-hmm. to then get him to shut up is... Yeah. Like, I mean, I have a real problem with that. Yeah. You know? I, and, and I believe in whistleblowing, you know, when, it, when it's appropriate and necessary. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, so I'm not saying that... I'm just saying that I think there's a lot of people who are like, we put a lot of our information out there. And if the government came out and said, we're going to do this for terrorism, but all it is is a computer program that, you know, if you say bomb, blah, blah, oh, you know, whatever, keywords, right. we're not looking at it. We're not you know, using anything else, blah, blah, blah. If they'd said that, I think they would have had a great deal of success with a certain group of society going, fair enough, yeah. right? But because they didn't, even people who might already think it's an okay idea are like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, here's the other thing. I mean, like Skype actually built software, like a backdoor for the government to listen to every Skype conversation. Like it's actually been created. Right. So here's the thing. The terrorists aren't so fucking stupid that they're using Skype and Gmail. Right. They're they're going and using the anonymous, the Tor browser and these right. other things. The dark you internet. Can, yeah, the dark. That's right. what they're using. Yeah. The only information they're gathering is shit on us. Yeah. They're not it's gathering not, not, actually useful no, information. They're not Pinteresting bomb sites. Here's the thing. <laughs> they don't have a Tumblr page. No, there's no. <laughs> Check out my new picture. It's yeah. called Boom. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to What Would Osama Do? <laughs> Look, all it is is to gather information in case there's ever anything like an Arab Spring here in the United States, or there's some like if right if if we have a big protest movement, if there's a rise of people who are upset about global warming or whatever happens, that's why it exists. Yeah. It's to keep tabs on us. Uh-huh. And the other thing is. The UN made privacy a human right, right years ago. So we've broken international law in scores of countries. Oh no, no, no! And I absolutely agree with that. Like yeah. I don't want the government, and I absolutely agree with this, the the other point you make, which I think is the bigger one. If I thought that it would would actually make a difference, right? Then you know maybe that's a different conversation for us to have. But the truth is that the people who are planning these things, you know, have found other ways oh, yeah. to get around that. Yeah. Like, there's a thing on the internet, like you said. It's on the internet already. You don't even have to go to another thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you can sit down at the same computer and get onto that internet. So there's no way you're just going to, you know, like AOL chat someone. They're, to tell not, them your they're plans. not idiots. You know, there was, a, there was a famous interview about a year before 9-11 where this guy went out, a reporter went out and talked to the Taliban. And he's driving in a truck, this pickup truck in the middle of nowhere. And the Taliban guy says your country is totally defenseless. And he goes, what, what are you talking about? He goes, we can, we can blow up the Pentagon if we wanted. Right. And the, and the reporter laughed at him a year later, a plane is hitting the Pentagon. Like they're not morons. They, they know how to do shit. They right. know what will work and what won't. They're, they're not using Gmail. <laughs> it's very interesting, isn't it? I was reading, um, uh, that Malcolm Gladwell book blink. Um, oh yeah and uh, it's about the nature of you know how people make decisions Mm -hmm. and it's a lot about the idea that often your intuitive you know instinct on something you know particularly in certain circumstances Mm -hmm. you know is proved to be you know the right one all the time and Mm -hmm. you know it's it's really really fascinating book but there's one whole chapter on um, this kind of war games they were Mm -hmm. doing before they uh, went to war 
in, yeah. in the Gulf where they did a simulated yeah. situation about like mm-hmm. how they would deal with like a threat in that area. Mm-hmm. And they hired this guy uh, who was like a, an ex-army general or whatever. Um, but he was like a not a you know big military planner strategy guy. He was like a guy who more was like the made instinctive decisions, uh-huh. did all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And with this like tiny little uh, you know army, he like navy or whatever it was, he defeated wow. like the whole American you know wow. simulation because yeah. he just made decisions that they didn't plan for or expect right. or run through their like you know yeah. strategy thing. Yeah. And then you know so that it kind of then insinuates in the book that like you know then next year they went to war in that exact same situation and a lot of the mistakes Uh are because of the way they do it not because no totally right oh yeah because they think they have this flawless Mm -hmm. method hubris right it's like that idea and it's the same with collecting information it's like that idea if we collect every bit of information that will tell us but sometimes like more information actually tells you less Right. Like there's this really good thing oh, again yeah. in the book where they talk about um, people buying jams at the supermarket. So if they have like four jams out, um, like, you know, people are much more likely to buy one of the jam samples if they, than if they have 20. Yeah. Because more choice actually sometimes leads to people not making a choice. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah. 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 There you go. How about that? How about that? <laughs> 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 All right. Also, uh, did you okay. hear about the girl who, a teenage girl who, her dad found out she was pregnant because of Target? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because she it, got some kind of there was some kind of skin cream she bought that pregnant women were buying they, early well, in their or their second trimester or something. If, and, if you're in that program, like basically, you know, they collect all your information, yeah. so they have a profile about you. Yeah. And she bought a series of things. Like it was, I think it was one, right. three things that you know. She's pregnant. Through the thing, but like, it was stuff pregnant. you would never think of no. if you just bought it. You'd be no. like, oh, well, it's skin cream and and like pads and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it wasn't like a, uh, you know, diapers and a, so you think you're present. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it was, um, oh, my God, I saw a show. I haven't seen this show yet, uh, but it is moving to a special new time of Saturday night Ooh. from the ad that I saw, which always implies to me quality program. <laughs> Anytime it's moved to Friday or Saturday night, yeah. it's good stuff. It's called uh, Pregnant and Dating. God, that is so insane. I haven't seen the actual show, but I've seen the the ad a couple of times. It's been running during things I've been watching. And uh, so all you see in the ad is this guy and a girl on a date, right? Yeah. And because she hasn't told him yet. Like they've, yeah. been, they've been on a couple of dates and she hasn't told him that she's pregnant yet, yeah. right? Um, so then he's they're at his apartment and he's got a telescope in the apartment. And so, like, you know, he's like, do you want to look through my telescope sort of thing? And then she's looking through the telescope and he's, like, you know, putting his hands down by her hips and he's about to rub them around the front. So that's in the ad. So, anyway, if anyone needs Mr. (laughs) Jonah, you know where I'll go. Blue to pregnant and dating. You should always have a show about fetishists. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, that's a weird one. There's a lot. It's weird that we're making shows about these things. We're making shows about everything. I don't think that we should be. No, there's a lot of stuff we should be making shows about. I feel a like a lot of stuff. Not everything's a show. No, it's not. It's not at all. I mean, there's so many. I don't know. Do you guys have it as bad in Australia as we do here with all these cable channels just making? Well, there's a family of dwarves, and then they just you know, they just keep making shows about things that are like odd. No, uh, because we just take all your shows <laughs> and watch them. <laughs> Do you have Honey Boo Boo down there? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's big. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrifying, all that stuff. You know, me. there's a sad story about that is that... Um, <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, what's there's the, a sad, there's a sad side There is a sad side oh to this. Oh, my God. Wow. So the mother... They've been approached by agents, and she said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the negotiating. So they're getting so... They could be making so much money, and they're just getting fucking worked over by the production company making almost nothing really because the mother thinks doesn't want to give away 10% she doesn't realize she can make so much more money if someone who was good at nego- like they could be they could be millionaires at this right. point but they have they're making shit they're making like $800 a show or something like it's what they're making just minimum crap money isn't that a good story? It's a great story. <laughs> I just don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I know. Because like, I just think everyone... In, it just proves that everyone involved in something like that has horrible, horrible, empty souls. 
Which Dave means- Anthony, thanks for being part of the podcast. Oh, of course. Um, uh, your album, Shame Chamber, is out. It is yeah, out. It People is should out. buy it. That's yes. how you can support this podcast. You yep. can buy David's album. That's Ooh, a really good you. way to support the podcast. Mm-hmm. So um, that people can find you on Twitter at Dave Anthony. Yes. Uh, people can find uh, your podcast, Walking the Room, mm-hmm. uh, The Dollop. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many dollops have you done now? Three. Three dollops. But one of them I haven't switched over to the feed, so there's really two there. Right. I've done three. Okay. Well, I can't find a lot of the dollop, yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, if people want to leave feedback on this show of course always go to the Facebook page um, Tofop Quotes on uh, Twitter uh, if you like one of the quotes from the show tag at Tofop Quotes and they'll post it there and on Tumblr the Tofop Quotes page is really worth checking out it's very very funny um, they've done a great job just like uh, getting you know bits and pieces out of a whole load of episodes um, so thank you to the guys for doing that uh, you can find me at Will underscore Anderson uh, on Twitter I'll be in Montreal for Just for Laughs I'm doing I believe at this stage um, the Sarah Silverman gala unless Kevin Rudd tries to become Prime Minister in Australia again and fucks up my year and I will take that personally <laughs> I will take it personally I will take it personally oh my God. it's going to fuck my year and I will take it personally. Uh, anyway, um, that would be great. Uh, all right, Dave, have you got another sign off for us? Oh, uh, yeah. Fof over. <laughs> <laughs>